Welcome to the Life Podcast. We're so glad you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. For the last three weeks, I haven't been able to shake something that started on a Sunday night three Sundays ago when we were praying at the end of a meeting. And it hasn't left me and every day it comes on my mind. And so I'm gonna tell you what we're gonna do at the end before we even start. Today, we're gonna believe for miracles in the area of mental health. It is an amazing time in history where the Bible is no longer our society's worldview. And my question is, how's it going? How's it working without God's perspective? And we have a society that's turning to so many voices, but can't shut off those voices in the head. Mental health and especially the area of anxiety. And so at the end of the service, I'm gonna ask Dan to explain, but in front of your seat, there is a piece of paper and a pen And what I felt we need to do is write down just the first name. You don't have to put details or addresses or anything. Just Peter, John, or your own name, if you're going through it or someone you're believing for in your family. And we're gonna collect them. And this Tuesday as a staff, we're gonna pray over them and pray together as a united team for some miracles in this area. Now, why would God want us to speak about this if He's not gonna do anything about it? We're not here to tease you. And for three weeks, I haven't been able to shake this area of mental health. I'm 66 next week. And for many years, I was totally oblivious to the fact that we had major mental health issues in my own family tree. Because back then you didn't talk about it. It wasn't a nice thing to talk about. I'm so grateful for the openness in our brokenness right now for people that wanna be honest and say, I need help. And it's nothing to be ashamed of. It's something we can surrender to God's healing process. Right at the beginning, I wanna say there are issues that require medication and those things are are, are things that need that kind of help as well. But I wanna talk about an area of mental health that I believe is more situational of the world around us and the things we get involved in and the the ways we choose to live our lives that I believe if we let Jesus in, something powerful can happen. When we were here three weeks ago on a Sunday night, I felt the Lord dropped into my heart that we're gonna see a revival in this area because you see, God wants to bring another revival after that and that's a revival of truth. And if we're gonna have a revival of truth, our minds better be clear to receive that truth. And so close encounters, today I'm gonna talk about a man in the Bible who lived in a cemetery. If a man in a cemetery can end up in ministry, this man in a cemetery became the first missionary Jesus sent out. And one of the reasons was his mental health. Another reason was he was demonised. And so I'm not asking you to, I'm I'm telling you, don't think that if you've got mental health issues, you're demonised. It's just the story in the Bible, but there is principles we can learn from it that can bring us to a place of mental healing. All the people that had close encounters with Jesus 
were totally radically changed. Guess what? They weren't asked to change. They weren't asked to change. They changed because they encountered the love of Jesus and they responded to His reach. It bothers me today that we have thousands of people praying sinner's prayer and nothing changes. And God is about to change that so that people don't just pray a prayer like it's a magical prayer, but that we encounter the reality of the real Jesus. You see, Peter went from reason to revelation, as I shared a couple of weeks ago. The Apostle Paul was a terrorist trying to attack the truth of the church and attack the church and totally transformed by a close encounter with Jesus and he changes into a totally different person. It's interesting that he was blinded by a great light. You know, sometimes God has to blind us before He opens our eyes. He has to blind us to past things that haven't worked so He can open our eyes to the things He has for us. Next week, Pastor Ashley's gonna talk about Paul, so I don't wanna uh, take too much about uh, his life and that's gonna be awesome. But as I said the first time we started this series, the Apostle Peter is a guy in the Bible that was so transformed that went from reason to revelation. And he speaks to me about me as a person. I really relate to him as a person. The Apostle Paul is someone who relates to me as a leader. And you know, when I first was called into the ministry, I was so insecure. I mean, I didn't do well at school. I uh, wasn't highly educated. Even today, I have to ask Sharon whether I've got the spelling right when I'm writing something. Have I got the comma in the right place? She smiles. And I would have been the last person I would have chosen. But when God gets hold of you and you have an encounter, and I've shared here before, I had my first encounter at about 11 or 12 years of age and then over many years had personal revelation of who Jesus was. And the the Apostle Paul goes from being a terrorist who's attacking the church. And in the book of Romans, he becomes a theologian. In 1 Corinthians, he becomes a troubleshooter, no longer a troublemaker. In 1 and 2 Timothy, he becomes a father and a mentor. In Galatians, he becomes a warrior. And in Philippians, the eternal optimist. That's what happens when you have a close encounter. A man who was only going in one direction to attack the church becomes a man who writes a lot of the New Testament and we can learn from him about every uh, emotion we go through in life. But it doesn't matter where we come from, whether you're a guy with mental health issues in a cemetery or whether you're a terrorist or whether you're a fisherman, the thing about mental health, it affects all areas of society. I got friends that are loaded with money and they're depressed and they don't know how to face the next day. You don't have to be in a sad situation to be sad. And the mental health issue is very, very great. But if we allow ourselves to have an encounter with Jesus that is real. After the Second World War, a couple of missionaries went to Benevento in Italy Near Naples, my granddad, my both granddads were living on farms trying to get life together after the war. They weren't allowed to read the Bible because the Catholic Church of that day 
said you weren't allowed to read the Bible because you wouldn't understand it. Only the priests could explain it to you. And two missionaries from America, Italian descendants, went over to the town where my grandfather lived and gave everybody Bibles. What happened in that town is people got baptised in the Holy Spirit without knowing what it was. My mother was nine years old when she got filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues. My grandfather, both of them were heavy smokers. One of them had a tobacco farm. Nobody told them to give up their habits. Nobody told them to stop drinking. Nobody told them to do those things. They just stopped. Didn't even know. They hadn't even really started reading the Bible. But their close encounter with Christ brought about a change that wasn't just getting rid of habits. It was becoming whole and putting your trust in a Jesus so you didn't need to rely on that stuff. I'm praying for the day where that happens again where people walk through these doors and they don't need to go to a class to learn about the truths of Jesus. They do, they do, and we want that. But for transformation to happen organically because of an open heart towards Jesus. Sadly, over the years, those people started to make rules and regulations that you couldn't do this, you couldn't smoke, you couldn't do this. Even though they were set free organically and supernaturally, then they tried to turn that into religious expectations. And what started as miraculous ended up in a bit of a mess. But you know why? Because then, you know, we we trust God for something. He gives it to us and then we trust that thing instead of trusting God again. And I pray today that we learn from history. And my story today is from Luke chapter 8, verse 26 to 33, from a guy who lived in a cemetery. So they arrived in the region of Gerasenes across the lake from Galilee. As Jesus was climbing out of the boat, a man who was possessed by demons came out to meet him. For a long time, he'd been homeless and naked and living in the tombs outside the town. As soon as Jesus, as soon as he saw Jesus, he shrieked, fell down in front of him. And then he screamed, why are you interfering with me, Jesus? Son of the Most High God, please, I beg you, don't torture me. For Jesus had already commanded the evil spirit to come out of him. This spirit had often taken control of this man, even when he was placed under guard and put in chains and shackles, he simply broke them and rushed out into the wilderness completely under the demon's power. Jesus demanded, what is your name? Legion, he replied, for he was filled with many demons. The demons kept begging Jesus not to send them into the bottomless pit. There happened to be a large herd of pigs feeding on the hillside nearby and the demons begged him to let them enter into the pigs. So Jesus gave them permission. Then the demons came out of the man and entered the pigs. That's where you get deviled ham. Oh, you said that. And Sorry. And the entire herd plunged down the steep hillside into the lake and drowned. People rushed out to see what had happened. A crowd soon gathered around Jesus and they saw the man who had been freed from the demons. Listen to this. He was sitting at Jesus' feet, fully clothed and perfectly sane. And they were all afraid. Then those who had seen what happened 
told the others how the demon-possessed man had been healed. Verse 38 and 39, I'm reading a bit this morning. The man who'd been freed from the demons begged to go with Jesus. He didn't say, do I have to go to church now? Now that you've helped me out, Jesus, do I have to do all these things? He begged Jesus, can I come with you? You know, when Jesus makes that kind of a difference in your life, you don't have to do anything. You want to. He says, now go back to your family and tell them everything God has done for you. So he went all through the town proclaiming the great things Jesus had done for him. He goes from mess to missionary. This is the first recorded passage where Jesus sent someone back to do a role. Now ask the question, he told him to go back to his family. So he had a family when he's living in the cemetery. So you can be in a home and feel homeless. You can be in relationship and feel out of relationship because he went back to his family and to his community. It saddens me today that broken people in our community don't believe Jesus wants to help them. In fact, they look at the church and they get scared. I'm not coming to church, the roof will cave in if I come because I'm not good enough. And friends, if only people saw the love of a Jesus who loves the broken and loves those that have got nothing much in their own to give and He is absolutely interested and devoted to bringing healing. Three points today that I see in this picture. The compassion of Jesus, the condition of the broken and the completion of a miracle. Number one, the compassion of Jesus. Jesus finds a way to get to the broken, to make a way for the broken. I can't give you the whole story this morning, but Jesus got caught in a storm. He's going across a lake to get to this guy because whenever we wanna get to the broken, every wall will go up to try to stop us. But Jesus pushed through and they got through a storm to get to a place called Gerasenes, which was a 10 city coalition of cities. There were 10 cities that were called Decapolis. And this place was one of those cities. During the time of Christ, the 10 cities of Decapolis were inhabited mostly by the Gentiles, not the Jews, and the area had a strong Greek influence. This, why, this is why we see that there were pigs there because the Jews could not eat pork and they could have nothing to do with pigs. But here we are, it was mainly inhabited by Gentiles and the place was full of pigs. It was a place out of bounds for the Jews. And Jesus breaks the religious ways of the day and says, I'm gonna go where it's out of bounds to go. I'm gonna go where people that are Jews should not go. Jesus breaks the religious rules to get to the broken. God's love is constantly pursuing us, but we need to come into proximity with Him. And I believe in the church, there's a lot of brokenness. In the church, there's mental illness. There's mental illness through families. It's in my family, it's in most of our families. And we can get into the blame game of why, but why don't we get into proximity to the One who can set us free and He can go to the out of bounds places in our lives. He can go to the places that are, please don't come in and He can come in if we let Him and He can bring wholeness. The condition of the broken. He was homeless, he was naked, and he was living in a cemetery. 
His condition had taken control of his entire life. Shackled by, uh, he was shackled. He was uh, totally under the control of these demons. And whenever they tied him down, he would break those chains. And he was scary to be around, but Jesus completely sets him free. You see, right now, we're surrounded by people who live in nice houses, but they feel homeless. They are wearing designer jeans, but they feel naked. They are living in the cemetery, which to me speaks of places of death, places of no hope. In my own family tree, when I see some of the money that's spent on drugs to kill the pain, I think what a hopeless situation, what a sad situation. He had no home. A home is a place of belonging. It's a place of protection. But he had no sense of community, no sense of security and no safety. How many people today feel like that? As I said earlier, I have friends that you could probably put three of your houses in one of theirs, they're so big. And yet they feel homeless. They feel naked. They feel there's no place of belonging. Naked to me speaks of being exposed, vulnerable and no sense of identity. You know, the way we dress, I guess, says something about our personality or about who we are. But when you're there naked, it's like the identity's gone and who, who is this group? And, and of course, if you were to walk down Rundle Street or, or down the street here and, and someone's walking down the street naked, you cross over. You don't go up and say, hey, mate, how you doing? You just want to move away. And this guy had no sense of identity. He lived in a cemetery. He hung around with the dead. He was in no life-giving environment. But I'm thank God that when things are that bad, we can come and have an encounter with a God that can change that story. He really, really can. I'm watching it happen with people that I'm involved in on a weekly basis and here in this house as well. I'm watching it happen in marriages. I'm watching it happen when people come into proximity and say, I don't wanna live by reason, Pastor Danny. I wanna bring revelation into our marriage. I wanna bring revelation what God is saying. I wanna come into proximity with what God is saying. And things begin to change. The supernatural power of God, when we use the word healing, we've only limited to physical healing of a broken body. But I wanna tell you, my friends, a healing is far deeper than all that. I'd rather go to heaven with a broken body than a broken soul and a broken everything else in my mind. I'd rather go with a full mind and a broken body. But we put so much emphasis on the outward when God is wanting to bring healing on the inward. And so we see the completion of the miracle. After a close encounter with Jesus, A, he sits at the feet of Jesus. How do you go from being in chains and absolutely off your head and now you sit down at the feet of Jesus? He goes from restless to rest. He goes from pain to peace. He goes from shame to gain. Who told him to get dressed? The Bible says he was fully clothed. Clothing brings us dignity, identity and acceptability. And in one encounter with Jesus, this man living in a cemetery, I don't even know where he went and got the clothes. 
I'd hate to think. But he's fully clothed with dignity, identity and acceptability. Then the Bible says he was in his right mind. He was in his right mind. And as I read that, I felt the Holy Spirit again prompt in my mind that we need to address this issue of anxiety and mental health. The Bible has a lot to say about mental health. Why does he say in Psalm 23, he anoints my head with oil? The place of our thinking, oiled by God. In Romans 12, to be transformed by the what? Renewal of our mind. That means our minds can be renewed. They don't stay where they were, they get renewed. We're transformed by obeying 10 rules and serving at the church. No, we're transformed by the renewing of our mind. Too many Christians use the Bible as a devotional, but not a directional. It's like getting Woman's Weekly and reading your lucky stars at the back. Not that I don't know if that's, they've still got that. I don't, haven't read Woman's Weekly for a while, but <laughs> I used to read it occasionally on aeroplanes. I'd buy it for my wife and then I'd read it. Yeah. <laughs> Transforming of our minds. Either that's possible, it's not. And the Word of God washes our minds. It transforms our minds. God can speak to us closely through His Word, but we leave it on a shelf. We watch every soapy we can watch, Love Island and every other island, and we watch all this other stuff. And then we're wondering why we're going nuts in our thinking. Because we're not allowing the Word of God to come into proximity with us to bring renewal. The Bible tells us in Ephesians 6 to wear the helmet of salvation. The area of our minds is very important and mental health is just going rife. I was talking to a nurse on Friday who works in one of Adelaide's hospitals and she says to me, "We, the mental health department of our hospital is so full of patients and we don't know what to do. And the average age right now is 13 to 15. In Adelaide, I said, what are the main causes? Identity issues. Don't know whether they're male or female. Insecurity, rejection. And she goes, we can't keep up in our hospital in Adelaide. Over two in five Australians, that's 8.6 million people right now are saying they're experiencing mental disorder in some way. 4.2 million have experienced major mental issues in the last 12 months. The most cause was anxiety. That was the biggest one. Anxiety was the most common group. Almost two in five people aged 26 to 24 in the last 12 months have expressed major mental disorder. This guy was in his right mind. How do you go from a cemetery to a right mind. It's amazing that God can do that. Now we do thank God for the medical world and at times we do need medication and all that. Please understand this guy was demonised, but it doesn't take away the point that Jesus heals his mind and there is a mental health issue happening. But not only does he heal his mind, he finds his purpose. You see, when you have mental health issues and have prosperity, it changes nothing. But when you have mental health issues and have purpose, 
and come into proximity with the God who made you, He can even through mental health bring you to a place of purpose and clarity. People have lost their purpose. This guy goes from being a mess to becoming a missionary. He goes back to family and community and tells his story to give hope to others. I'm grateful for genuine close encounters. Jesus' compassion understands and cares for our condition and He can complete the work He begins in us. And that's why the same Paul we talked about earlier says this, I am certain, I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue to work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returned. It doesn't happen overnight, but daily we can be transformed. I believe in the power of change. I believe in the power to change. God doesn't just show us the power of change. He gives us the power to change. So we experience the pleasure of change. What do we need to do? I was driving home last Sunday night from the evening service and I felt God say, I want to speak into your pain. I want to speak into your priorities and I want to speak into your purpose. By proximity with the Word, through personal prayer, which is our warfare, and through the warmth of right relationships. Close encounters with God bring us into close encounters with people that can help us and can stand with us. And some of you in this room have gone through hell over the last two or three weeks. I know some stories, I don't know all. But I feel today God wants us to activate our faith and step out and do something that says, God, we're not gonna take it. We're gonna stand and we're gonna see renewal happen in this area. God is attracted to brokenness and He's an expert at using broken things. A man called Gideon went to war against an enemy. In the Old Testament, no time to open it up now. And he was given a jar with a torch in it that they had to break the jar before the torch would come out as light and they would beat the enemy by all the shining torches. You see a broken jar and the light comes through. A broken box and the aroma of perfume fills the room when a broken lady who'd been forgiven comes and anoints Jesus. Jesus breaks bread and feeds a multitude and a broken spirit God does not despise. After David had committed adultery, got the husband of the woman he slept with killed on the battlefield, went from one bad to another bad to another bad, and in his brokenness, Psalm 51, a psalm that makes me cry often. Create in me a clean heart, O oh God, and restore to me the joy of my salvation. Cast me not away from Your Spirit. Why do we go and hide when we're broken? When God knows how to deal with broken. We've got to come to Him. I carry the pain in my own life and family. 
watch my grandma, watch people in our family having to deal with mental health issues. I was too naive to realise that's what it was. I used to think you're depressed because you want to be. Thank God He opens our eyes to see the reality of the pain of all these things. And what we're going to do this morning is we're going to start to worship. And as we worship, I want you to take the piece of paper behind in front of your seat if you want to. And just write a name. It can be your name. It can be the name of your child or someone you're believing for. We promise you this is not a gimmick. We are going to collect them. Pastor Dan, come and tell us how we're going to actually do it. I think we've got the, the boxes here. What are we going to, yeah, you, you tell the guys what to do. And Church, as if you feel led to write a name, then we would love to pray with you and stand with you in the midst of that. We do, in the seat pocket in front of you, you'll have a little piece of paper and you've got a pen there as well. And just like Pastor Danny said, is we, we don't need details of first name, last name. We just need first name and that's all you have to write down. And our commitment is that we're, I would love to collect them and pray over them this week as you've been praying for them as well. And we're going to believe that God is going to move in those situations. Uh, the Bible says the prayers of the righteous are powerful and effective. It says in Philippians 4 that do not worry about anything, but pray over everything. And the peace that you cannot even understand will guard your heart and your mind. That is the God that we're praying to. That is the God, the all-powerful. And as you fill out those names, why don't you make your way just down at the front of the aisles. We've just got little baskets here. You can fold that up, note up and just place it in that basket and then go back to your seats. And we're going to worship as we do that as well. I think one of the big ones praying this morning when I got up out of bed and just prayed for this morning was the whole issue of anxiety. And if you suffer with anxiety, I know some of you do because you've spoken to me, but I don't know all of you. Uh, don't be afraid today. Just put your name down. Don't have to give us any details. Thank you. Look at you coming out, you beautiful people. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Father, as we come out today, Father, you see every name that's going into these containers right now. Holy Spirit, we don't want this to be just a little gimmick that we do today. We want Your hand over all these names as if You're touching their minds right now and their hearts. Father, we wanna hear stories. We wanna hear testimonies of renewed minds, of changed lives. Let Your peace, let Your joy. Let's worship together. Thanks for listening to this podcast. We trust that you're encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at Life and we invite you to join us for our Sunday services at our Adelaide campus. If you'd like to know more about Life, then visit our website at lifeadelaide.org or download the Life Adelaide app and stay connected.